0: and local. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone, it's a Saints touchdown! Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. It is a Saints touchdown! This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey baby, we are gonna be here! Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind about of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg.
1: Jim Gazzola once again in for Jordy, the blonde bomber. And look, I said it yesterday that I thought the one game the Pelicans could win would be game two in Phoenix. It just seems like You have a Phoenix team that was relaxed, overconfident. The game twos are good games to get because the other team, for some reason, you're comfortable in the situation, and the home team gets confident after a big win. And now here we are. The Pelicans are three wins away. (laughs) Okay, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But, hey, they're in the They're in the running. And what you need for a colossal 8-over-1 upset, more than anything else, is for the best player in the series to get hurt. And Devin Booker is hurt. It's a hamstring. And that changes the entire series altogether. And what we're seeing now is Brandon Ingram's star continues to rise. Tremendous game last night for him. 37 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. He was clearly the best player on the floor. And they survived a barrage early of Booker in the first half, where he had 31 points. And now suddenly the Pelicans are the talk of the NBA. And there's excitement. There's an opportunity now for two games. All they need to do is win one at home, and they go back even. And then you don't know what Booker's status is. This is now a completely different series than it was 24 hours ago. So where do we go from here? Can they legitimately win this series now, James? Can they win the series? James Mesh says,
2: "Oh, that's that's I I still don't think so." Am I getting
1: too ahead? Are we too excited by this? I I think
2: you need a pump. Pump the the brakes. brakes. There you go. But if
1: Booker is out, that could be a new segment name, actually. If Booker is out. Do they have the two best teams, two best players in the in the series?
2: The Pelicans?
1: Yeah. CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram? Are they better than Chris Paul? And if so, don't you switch them as the favorites with now home court advantage? They don't have to lose they don't have to win on the road again. Yeah, I know. They gotta they gotta beat the Suns. They gotta win
2: at home. But what if Booker is hurt? Well, they said his his status isn't super great for either of the games. No, so he, at the soonest he'd probably be back. It's game five.
1: So you have a legitimate chance to, to be, go three one, or at least be two two. Yes. And if you're two two and it's a hamstring,
2: that's an awful lot to ask for him to come back in a week. And that's the thing is, it's not a it's not a good it's not a good injury to get. No, no, it's not. Because those those can linger.
1: It's not like rolling an ankle, tape it up, and no, they can linger and they can. They can change how
2: you play. The thing is, for the Suns, they would have to have Jay Crowder actually step up.
1: Well, they're gonna have to, yeah, no. yeah.
2: And and DeAndre Aiden actually has to put in work, other than get some rebounds. Because... Put in work. It's, are you trying to say the band doesn't work hard?
1: He has to score points. Yes. And he is not a he is not a prolific scorer.
2: No. He can, get, he can get you a couple buckets because like, the Pelicans can sco-
1: Because the Pelicans can score, the San- or the, uh, the Suns are now in a position to where can they match them for points without Booker on the floor. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I don't think they're going to be able to do it twice in New Orleans. So I think, I think there's a good chance we're going back 2-2. And then it's a 2 out of 3. Yep. Wow. Man, definitely. Who would sense. have thought that the first week of the season, the
2: first two weeks of the season? I mean, not I. the the fact The fact that this is even a series is wild to me because I I thought it would have been either a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. I thought I thought, it, I I thought, thought there would five. I, yeah, I, I, agree. I thought there were. I thought there would have been some fight, definitely. But I I don't know. I guess I was just super confident in the Suns. Well, the Pelicans. Got some confidence in game one. And played
1: a really good first half despite Booker going for 31. So now you're in the second. You, you you played well in the first game. You're in the second game at halftime. You come out to start the second half and you take the lead. And Booker gets hurt. I would say that's about as good as it could get for them. That th- This would be a Pelicans dream right now. And a Monty Williams nightmare because there's just I've watched the Suns a lot and there's just not a lot of easy points if it doesn't come from Booker and Chris Paul. They start to struggle offensively.
2: Yeah, cuz m- most of their players they can't create their own shot.
1: No, they can't and they they run to the 3. Even even after they may go for the layup early, but they run they ultimately run to the 3. And without Booker now, he takes up so much of the defense. You can focus more on the other guys, and they cannot create their own plays. So, yeah, this is a wow.
2: This is a winnable series. <laughs> you can you can put Chris Paul a little more in a box now. Yeah, I say I say just put Herb on Chris.
1: You can you can do a lot of different things with him, and see if he see if he tries to overdo it too.
0: He may yeah, try he to, overdo to do it, tried to too, do too, too much. much. Yeah,
1: and he's always he's always
2: good for one injury of a playoff series. <laughs> it seems. Put 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 Herb on Chris, obviously Jonas on Aiden. So now you're now you're changing
1: the lineup. Now you're making lineup decisions. You're sitting there in a Boston jersey. Yes. And you're making Pelicans decisions. You become a
2: GM of the league. Are they are they not good decisions? At yeah, least they're they're good, they're good. Yeah. I, if, if you're out there, if you're you,
1: out there listening, give us a call at 337-706-0111. Not, and let me hear you what you say about the Pelicans. Are they going to win this
2: series? Because you're not scared of Drake Crowder. No, you're not scared of Bridges. No, not really. No, I mean even then you could just put.
3: He he can, he you can just have the eye on him. He can get hot, but
2: you're not going to lose because
1: of Bridges. you're not going to lose because he's going to go to the basket. He needs to be freed up. Somebody has to free him up. Yeah. No, this is a no. This is a completely different series than twenty-four hours ago. Definitely. And I, I'm not a huge lover of the NBA, but it's because most of these things can't be upsets. I was gonna say
2: the fact that we can actually see an eight-one upset. Uh, yeah. Let's see where we are Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get past the two
1: games. Get one the- game. Get one game in New Orleans. and that's weird because all you gotta do is win one.
2: Yeah. All you need is one, and it's completely different. It's two out of three at that point.
1: But it, it is hard for me to think they're going to win all three in New Orleans and win the series in six.
2: But, hey. Yeah, because the Pelicans, they're not super great. And on, you, they, they're they not super great at home.
1: Well, is that a fair statement? Because they're really until midseason, they didn't have really a lot of a home court advantage. No, but still. <laughs> there will actually be noise is what we're trying to we we've seen the place with noise it now. will it will actually be packed for sure it will be packed and it will be exciting we we've seen that previously when there's a game that matters new orleans basketball fans go to the game new orleans sports fans will be there when it's just a regular game eh, no. they they might not come in from the french quarter they'll they'll stay they'll stay away but I, I this this is what's uh this is what's now exciting about this. There is an actual chance of an upset. And the Pelicans are right in the middle and I think they got the two best players left in the series if Devin Booker's out. And that is a huge benefit that I don't think anybody would say beforehand.
2: So would you so you're saying it's BI, CJ and then Chris I would
1: still say McCollum is still the better playoff guy because he's been there more. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, w- I would say Brendan Ingram's caught. I think so much of Chris Paul was playing off Devin Booker. I, I, there's not, like you said, who else do you who else do you fear now on that team?
2: Other than Chris, and even Chris, yeah. I'm not super scared of. No. So, do you think Chris Paul's Just, better
1: than than uh, Brandon Ingram or? I see. C.J. I McCullough? see Chris.
2: I see Chris during these two games. He's. He's got to put up at least twenty five both games for he them is, to have a yes, shot. Yes, and that's not what he does best. And then, but then, still has to get the ten or so assists. Yeah, so, but if you can put, but if you can put Herb Jones on him, all game and just have wear a, him down. Yeah, and just wear him down. Well, you can wear him down with so you, you could run several players at him now. Yeah, but I would imagine
1: Herb Jones is going to get a but, good portion of it. I would hope so. And that's. And if he wears him down, you're going to make him, you don't want him to hit big shots in the fourth quarter. That I think that's your goal. Wear him down so he does not beat you in the fourth quarter. Look, look at this. We're at the top of a show on a Wednesday afternoon in April talking Pelicans basketball. Who would have thunk it? Who, who would have ever guessed it? And it isn't the obligatory one line, hey, it's all but over.
2: Yeah, it's like hey, we could have come in here and said hey, it's all but over. It was a fun run. They
1: they Let's actually got a shot. They got a shot, and they they got the
2: door. The door. The door is
1: ajar. Is it time to bring Zion on for the walk-on two oh. minutes and the crowd <laughs> go crazy?
2: Just have him for a fifteen-minute
1: restriction. <laughs> have, have him have him in the Willis Reed moment. Even that's probably way before your time. I was going to
2: say that I don't I don't know that. Willis reference. Reed came
1: out with a hobbling leg and play, hit two shots in the NBA game seven final against the Lakers. I think it's 70, 69, 70, somewhere around there, and uh, the Lakers never recovered. And he walked off the floor three minutes into the game with four points, and he was the MVP of the game. <laughs> it just it, that changed the crowd so much around. Is that is this Zion's moment? That is Ben Simmons going to pull a moment like that against you? Uh, there's, your, there's your question. Is they, Ben Simmons going to appear in this series against Boston? They said Ben Simmons may be ready for Game Four. Really? How rusty is that guy? <laughs> ben Simmons has Ben Simmons. Who's played more recently, Ben Simmons or Zion Williamson?
2: I think it'd be technically Ben, because <laughs> technically. Ben was because Ben was in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So technically, it's, it was Ben. So, so all right,
1: there you go. There's and that's there's your there's your fascinating series in the East, though. Oh, it's because you don't because you don't. Kyrie know. Irving did it for you. He turned he he made it an interesting with one flip of the wrist or finger. He well, decided to make it an interesting series.
2: I, I would say it was it was more than just one bird. There there were quite a few birds throughout <laughs> yes. the game. There were quite a few. There were, yes. There were quite a few words exchanged between him and fans. Yes. So I wouldn't say it was just one finger. Is Bo- is Boston the fan base
1: that gets most into the games? They definitely get into it. Because they seem to, they've always seemed to be able to take over portions of games and get in guys' heads like no other place. Not so much in this arena in the Fleet Center, but definitely back in the old one. They huh. just
2: got in your head. Yeah, they they tend to do it. <laughs> they 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 tend to do it. And uh, Kyrie, I was listening to one of the other shows that we play for CBS late at night, the JR Sport Brief Show. A caller, he's he he made actually a good point. He'd said, Kyrie, like when you look at Kyrie and Kobe, Kobe had. David Spade and Chris Rocks yeah. next to him <laughs> yes. and they're trying to talk to him and he's just stone cold yeah, focusing on the game while Chris is like trying to make jokes or whatever. Whereas you got other fans that are fans nobodies, they're just they're fans. They're they're not a celebrity or anybody that you would no. that the player would potentially know. And Kyrie's just talking back to him and it's like Why? Co- Why talk co- to him? Kobe Kobe was like one well, of the ultimate professionals in you're you're worried about what the fans are saying
1: uh, again, the big difference is though those weren't real fans as far as <laughs> they were you know they were celebrities in their own right they weren't going to come out and <laughs> do the stuff that the boston fans are going to do no they were there to be seen la fans were there to be seen the first couple of rows
2: i think i think lakers fans are only lakers fans because it's the trendy thing to do in i can tell LA. you this much
1: i got the privilege of covering a few years of the Cedric Sabalas era, Ooh. when it was eleven thousand people at the old Forum, they were there. They were there. They they're, they're front runners. <laughs> you haven't seen bad basketball until you've seen the Cedric Sabalas era of Laker basketball. So it's it wasn't always sold out Showtime. So, <laughs> how's that for you? I would have, I would have loved to have seen a celebrity there on those nights. Even Jack didn't show up on those nights. And If Jack's not showing up, it's not a happening in
2: L.A. Who's Jack? Jack Nicholson. Oh, Jack Nicholson.
1: Okay. Oh. So-
2: the first Jack, you, the first Jack that came to mind was Jack Black. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm just. I grew up on Kung Fu Panda. <sighs> let, let me get this straight.
1: I've got to succumb to your age, and give up on Jack from Chinatown. Jack from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest for Kung Poo Chanda or Kung what was it?
2: Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) Yeah, Kung Kung Fu Panda. Jack Black. Yeah. Ugh. That's the first Jack I think of.
0: Yuck.
1: Yuck. As, As your boy Raymond would say, "Wolf." Wolf. Yeah. What do you
2: What do you want? a wolf what are you a dog <laughs> that's oh kung fu pen
1: I, I don't know what this is. I'm 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 flabbergasted beyond belief he's sure at the bottom of the hour Jim Gazzolo subbing for Jordy. well we're gonna have to teach James Mesh who Jack Nicholson is ah we'll be back
0: They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
3: The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, Each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by Irish. eligibility restrictions apply minimum five dollar minimum deposit see draftkings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions licensee partner golden nugget lake charles gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP 1-877-770-7867
1: jim zolo back for jordy today james mesh and the producers are you even a producer anymore have you just kind of like taken over the whole afternoon? Pretty much. But four hours of mesh time. That's what it should be called mesh time. <laughs> Me- the
2: mesh t- o'clock. Mesh. Mesh o'clock.
1: And the education of young James Mesh continues with more. He did discover that Jack Nicholson was in the Shining, the original Shining. I didn't realize that. It's good to know. I didn't realize that was him. And I could tell you, Jack. Black was in the uh, movie about uh, the teacher and yeah the man. the music I forgot the name of that I, one. I forgot the name of it too I'm about to my it kids up. made me watch it once so so we're learning teaching see education of generations right there and it
2: goes both ways
1: yes and I'm willing I am willing to learn now what I learned today is that Wimbledon <laughs> how's that for a segue Wimbledon is deciding to go all political on us. That's right, Wimbledon. Wimbledon will not allow Russian or Belarus players. It was School of Rock, by the way. School of Rock, thank you. (laughs) I got my train of thought there. Now I'm back. I'm still back in the movie now. (laughs) Wimbledon, anyway, will not allow tennis players from Russia or Belarus to compete at Wimbledon. I don't know if they have to have Separate national status, but if they're nationals from those two countries, they're not. Now they're pro athletes. This is their living. So you have now basically now you're messing with people's money, money, but also the attachment of are you now are you going to attach everybody to their their country? Is is everybody? I mean, that's the whole point of being a pro is that you're an individual, isn't it? Yeah, and you're just from that country, and it's not like you can stand up in Russia and say, I'm against it, because then your family won't be heard of again. So it's it's kind of like, I, to me, it's an over-extreme, and they're the only one doing it in any sport, on any level. I get the fact that the, the teams that compete for Russia are not allowed in the World Cup right now. I understand that because that's a representative of the country of Russia. But when you're a professional athlete that plays on their own, you really are... On your own,
2: pretty much. You're, you're not
1: for any country. You don't. It's not like you're. It's not like they have their Russian no, flag and, with them no, the whole time. And half of the time, half of the time, they don't even live there anymore. So now, is it if you're if you're playing tennis in Boca Raton, Florida, but you're a Russian national, you're not allowed? But I've already converted over, and it just seems like it sets a precedent that what what if everybody does that now? I mean, what if the NBA decides to do that? What if the NHL does it?
2: I mean, the NHL, that would... That would hurt the NHL. Yeah. It, it wouldn't touch the NBA because I don't. there aren't no. too many Russians. Or Belarus,
1: no. But now you get into what about... What if Yao Ming was still in the NBA and you have a Chinese player? Yeah. And what if you do that now? Could a team do that? In other words, if I'm... if Say I'm the Detroit Red Wings and I'm playing somebody... Who has a Russian star in the first round of the playoffs? Can I say we're not going to allow them in? We're
2: Michigan. We're not going to allow them in. Yeah, we we will, we won't allow them to Compete. be on our on our, on our ice. ice. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean it just it sets a precedent that shouldn't be set. But it, it's typical Wimbledon of not being with the times. Like Britain's never had problems with other countries. They didn't. Nobody, nobody, nobody held their athletes out when they were fighting in the Falkland Islands. I don't know. I, it, just, it, it gets to me when we have to have politics in certain situations. Why? I get it in the Olympics, I get, but this is individual sports. If nothing else, it would be a forum for them, these athletes, to say one way or the other what side they're on. It would give them the opportunity to say we're all not like this. We're all not for a war. It would to me it would hurt the Russian Federation more than anything else. But we can't do that because we're Wimbledon. And you gotta wear all white. Do you even watch Wimbledon?
2: Not really. Okay. <laughs> I I played I played tennis. Well, that's completely different though. I play golf, but I don't compete against real golf. I mean, I, I used to watch, like, if it was on ESPN and I was flipping through and obviously. So football, you're not
1: following everything that's going on?
2: No. I mean, I know some of the players, but I don't follow any of their careers. Okay. It, it's it's the same. to me, I got that. To me, tennis is the same way with golf, where it's it's not very interesting for me to watch. But I would totally have a bat blast playing it. Okay. So it, it's hard for me to keep up with careers and what's so, going so what on are
1: your, what are your thoughts on politics and sports in general
2: i mean naturally they're always going to be there yeah i don't like the idea of it because the way i see it it feels like it should be an escape it should be it should be but it should, is the one time when we should be able to come together come together but at the same time be your own distance Understand, because yeah. because obviously you're there are teams that you're not going to like so naturally you're not going to be like i don't i'm not feeling this guy because he's a falcons fan yeah or it's like if if you're if you're talking to some guy you went
1: right to the falcons fan didn't you
2: yeah i did or, or what,
1: is, what is your obsession with the falcons down here everybody tells me that's the saints rival
2: but what's i mean it's not really a, it's really not a rivalry no
1: what's your rivalry with the falcons they've been good one year
2: <laughs> it's really weird because
1: Usually the Saints beat them. They played three good quarters of a Super Bowl once,
2: and then completely collapsed. They did. It wasn't. Even, it wasn't even a full three quarters. No, two and a half. It was. It was like two and three fourths because yeah. the the Patriots scored the their touchdown with like three minutes left in the, in yeah. the third quarter. So four, four, two and four
1: fifths. A, they played. Of they a played game. a great forty-two minutes. They did. And collapsed in the last eighteen.
2: His last...
1: Well, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we we're talking about, but <laughs> it's the fact I that just, I
2: will not I, I love the fact that he just dug into the Falcons right there. Well, it's kind—it's of, kind of like you. You're like you talk to some guy and you meet him and you're like, they're like, "Oh, I love the NFL. I love watching NFL football." And you find out they're a Packers fans. You're like, "Ugh, <laughs> there it is." No, you can't. Can't. Yeah, exactly.
1: You can't like the NFL and like the
2: Packers. <laughs> You can't you can't like the Packers and say it. I enjoy football. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's the most out there city ever. It's not even a suburb. <laughs> it's it's a
1: meat packing plant surrounded by homes.
2: Yeah, like there's literally a neighborhood next to the stadium. Yes, yes. That's what, that's what's funny about the whole thing.
1: He's Schroyer coming up after the break. He'll talk about Southland Conference, his new hire, and just about anything else you ask (laughs) We'll have it right after this. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy.
0: back to more of the Jordy Holtberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station
2: the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway the Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st and you can be there Register in the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown in the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Jim Gonzalo in for Jordy here on a Wednesday afternoon. Right now, we're going to go to our phone line and get Heath Schreuer, Athletic Director at Me State, or as we like to know him on the show, Mr. Media is on Mr. Media, how you doing? I'm great. Gazzola the Great. What is going on? It's so great to join you. Oh, brother. This is going right <laughs> to be bad right off the bat. This is going to be bad right off the bat. Every time great. I hey, talk honestly, to you.
4: Honestly, though, it's great to be on with you all.
1: Every time I talk to you, something has changed. Uh,
4: every time. It's amazing. Hopefully for the better.
1: Well, it has been so far for you. Uh, first off, before we get into your personnel move today, um what about the Southland Conference getting Lamar back? We haven't heard from you there and are you close to getting anybody else back?
4: Well, first of all, Lamar, I think it's huge for our league. Um I, I think it's been uh, probably over two decades. You might know the the um exactly Jim, but it, it, since we've added a football playing division 1 institution. Yeah. Um so it's been a long time. I think it it's a uh, shows um you know, I think the league is stronger now than it was six months ago, and I think that uh, we're in a position of strength now uh, for the first time, um, you know, for a long, long time in this league. So I think Lamar uh, checked all the boxes for um, for our league to bring them back. They're right on I-10. Um, you know, it's a gas tank league, and uh, they fit. I think they fit the, their mission of the institution. is very similar to the mission of uh, our institution and the sister institutions here in the state. Uh, I think it's great. I, 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 there's not enough positives to uh, to really say about adding Lamar, and and hopefully we'll uh, we'll add another one or two here. Uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you gonna give me a hint on any of those? <laughs> no, I, I, I do think though. Um, this is just my own personal opinion. I do think that uh, the whack is uh, is wavering a little bit. Uh, I think when, I think when when we had the invite to the WAC and we worked really hard to get that invite over a year ago, Jim, as you know, you know, Sam Houston and New Mexico state were in there. We were going to be in division. We're going to go for FBS football and the, you know, the leadership in the league changed. Steven up Austin, New Mexico state left. We decided to stay. Um, You know, I, I think that reading the tea leaves, um, you know, way even back then, I just didn't think that, Um, There was a true commitment to FBS football. And I, from my experience being at BYU way back in the 90s when they were in the WAC, I just don't think a league that stretches multiple time zones um, from California to Texas in FCS football works. Uh, I just, um, and I think that uh, it's going to be hard. And so I think there's a lot of teams in the WAC that are uh, looking to, to do other things, I think Grand Canyon. Um, I, you know, if they got an invite to the WCC, I think they would leave by by noon. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the Cal Baptist of the world and things like that. I mean, it's just it's hard, and um, I, it was the right move for us, and it was definitely uh, the right move for Lamar as well. I,
1: I know you don't read the paper. You always tell me that, but uh, Monday I, I actually had uh, <laughs> next five in, kind okay. of, um, and I, I thought it was. You-
4: the yeah, heck! Are you asking me for? You got all the
1: answers there, my friend. <laughs> mine was just mine was just a guess, though. <laughs> but what I what I thought was interesting is how much it's changed in one year. Now I want to get to your situation in your school. Uh, mm-hmm. Today you announced who you're bringing in as your deputy athletic director, mm-hmm. replacing mm-hmm. Tanner Stein. Um, but more importantly, you're getting a seventeen a, a veteran of thirty one years, seventeen year athletic director coming in. Mm-hmm. And you're getting somebody you're becoming a place that people want to
4: go now. How did you change mm-hmm. that? Um well, first of all, I will tell you that, you know, losing Tanner was a uh, was a big hit for us and a big hit for me. Um we had a great relationship, um, a great working relationship, and he really um and helped me and helped this department so much. Um and and so when he left, I knew there were some obviously really big shoes to fill. Um but after being here a little bit and and realizing that um, you know what my strengths are and obviously what my weaknesses are, I knew I wanted someone, if I could get them with experience, someone that uh, was very internally driven, um, that uh, could come in and, and seriously bring a different set of uh, ideas, if you will, um, a set of eyes that uh, could look at things differently. Where can we become more uh, efficient? Where can we become better? And uh, Alan was honestly my first call and my last call. Um, He's a guy that I've always uh, admired. And I think that the second part of your question, Jim, I think that, um, you know, I just think all the little things that we've done, you know, the the caravans, the block parties, uh, the rebranding of our institution, the naming rights of the facility, um, of the Legacy Center, just – you know, the, the corporate sponsorships, you know, getting rid of Learfield and bringing that in-house and all those strategic things that we've done since I've been here. I think, uh, uh, you know, talking to Alan, um, you know, those are things that uh, impressed him. And, you know, then obviously I think a, a really, really huge thing for him was that we're hosting the men's and women's tournament sure. and hosting baseball and softball for the next four years and, you know, it's like he told me, he said, you know, we have an opportunity right now uh, at McNeese to do something really, really special. And uh, he wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, he loved what we were building here. Um, he could see what we've done. But I think, you know, me sitting down with him and explaining, okay, this is what we've done, but this is where we're headed. And this is where we're trying to go. Um, and, yeah, I think he really bought into that and bought into the vision and, uh, and what this place really can be.
1: And that's um, one of the things I think is interesting with you get That's Alan Ward, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned mm-hmm. his last name, but comes from Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. So he knows the Southland Conference itself. Mm-hmm. He comes on top of the fact that you have what I think is, in the 13 years I've been in town, the best on-paper recruiting basketball class I've seen.
4: 100%. Um,
1: now, the the interesting thing is this is all a turnaround and in two years from not having an arena Um, how hard have you guys pushed the, the site, the future sites and what it can be compared to what it is now to make these kids feel like they're going to be a part of something because it's an awful lot to ask a kid that in a, in a place that's still rebuilding, um, its infrastructure to be here for your four prime years.
4: Well, you're right. And I will tell you this, I have met with every single basketball recruit and their families, um, that have come on campus here and, you know, and I've sat them all down in my office and talked about the commitment um, from the department, from the university, uh, to men's basketball. And I've done the same for women's basketball too. And and this is this is really the truth. I think that last year we had one of the hardest, if not the hardest, Division One basketball jobs in the country. We had no facility, um, even when I was still coaching. You know. Traveling to Lafayette to go to practice and not having a facility and then you're in the middle of COVID, all that stuff. Well, now fast forward, and I I tell them all, right now we have the best low to mid-major, we have the best one-bid conference basketball job in the country. And because we host the tournament for the next four years to go to the NCAA tournament, there is no other university uh, that is in a one-bid league that can say, we are going to host the tournament for the next four years. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, every kid wants an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, I think that every, you know, so why do teams, you know, uh, from multi-bid leagues get, you know, better players most of the time? Well, because there's more opportunities to play on the national stage in, in the, in the greatest sporting event ever uh, in college, the NCAA tournament. Well, if you're in a one-bid league, um, and you're you're getting right now recruited by the Sun Belt or Conference USA. They're all the whack. They're one bit leagues. Well, so are we. Well, why we have the best chance right now to go to the NCAA tournament than any other school in that league than those leagues because we 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 get to play at home. Um, so I think really sitting down and let them, and those letting the the kids and the parents understand that I think has really helped us with recruiting. I think that. Um, you know, the, that, that John and his staff, uh, I think has have done a really good job of sitting back and evaluating and looking where, where, where they are, the mistakes that were made and moving forward. Um, and I'm really proud of them. I'm really proud of him. I'm proud of the staff for uh, you know, for assessing those things, for owning up and, and owning the fact that, uh, you know, we, um, you know, hey, there were some mistakes made and there were some things that needed to be done. And, uh, you know, from a personnel standpoint, and they have went out and attacked it and done well. And, uh, but for sure being able to host these tournaments here, I think is a game changer, um, is a game changer for, uh, you know, for, for, for obviously men's basketball and for our university. I mean, you know, we're hosting, I mean, same thing for the women, um, you know, being able to host the tournaments is, is not only huge for us and our university, And our department, but it's also really big for our community. I mean, you think about the economic impact that this will have on our community. um, Being able to host these tournaments and bring all these people in and all these um, fans into our our Uh, community—they all have to eat, they all have to have a place to stay, they're all looking for entertainment. uh, And that, honestly, Jim, was one of the biggest reasons why um, I decided to to pull the plug on the whack and stay here was the opportunity to, you know, go to the NCAA tournament, um, but also the economic impact of a community that's still feeling um, the impact of or the hurt from these hurricanes.
1: Yeah. Um, And and now I guess the next question is where do you guys go next? I see the uh, stadium press box is about half down.
4: Uh, Say that that, again, Jim, I'm sorry.
1: The the stadium press box, football press box, is about half down. Yeah, absolutely. Is the faci- fixing up the rest of the facilities the next in thing?
4: Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, um, you know it's uh, obviously the press box is a huge thing for us. Um, well, for me, you know, <laughs> and for you, um, and it's taken a long time. You know, it is it's taken. Uh, you know, dealing with insurance and dealing with uh, with FEMA, it's been a lot, and um, you know, it, it, it is. I, I tell everyone that asks. All the frustrations that everyone dealt with and is still dealing with their insurance companies on their homes, just multiply that by a hundred, and that's what we're dealing with because these projects are so big. Yeah. And um, but that's what it's been. So it's been really, really difficult, really hard. But uh, I've said it all along: the best days of McNeese are now and forward. And um, you know, we're going to have a new press box, and it's going to take us a few years of of kind of limping through some things, but. Um, When we get to the other end and we do have the new press box and, you know, we do have, you know, our baseball facility fixed and we have those things done, um, you look about where we can be and where we will be as a department after that. um, I think it sets us up for decades in the future. What league will you be in? Right now we are in the Southland and we're excited about it because I think right now we, uh, you know, we're in a position of strength. But listen, I've said all along, um, we want to be FBS football. That um, you know, we've made no bones about it. um, And are we ready for that right now? No. I mean, we've got a lot of work to do in that in that program. But uh, for sure, I mean, I I think that the leadership on this campus right now has always been committed to uh, to trying to find a way to to compete and uh, and play FBS football. When that will happen, who knows? And and we got to have. Um, you know we got to do our part to get ready and be ready, but we got to have success too. I mean, I had a head coaches meeting uh, yesterday, and and the, and I said these next four to five years, uh, it's important for us. Every sport matters, and uh, you know we have a real opportunity as a department to uh, to to really solidify ourselves. Um, you know, needs the next four or five years.
1: He Schuyer, McNeese State Athletic Director. Uh, thanks for your time, Coach, uh, or as we call you around here, Mister Media.
4: Always good to join Gozolo the, the Great, my friend.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, uh, Thank you, Coach. I, I appreciate you having me on, guys. All right. Thank you. All
1: right. He's Scheuer, McNeese State Athletic Director. And uh, obviously, he's fooling about some of the stuff he said there. <laughs> I'm sad. I don't think the Great Gazzolo exists. The Mediocre Gym, maybe. Maybe we'll call it Mediocre Gym. When we get back, we'll finish up the first hour for Jordy on this Wednesday afternoon.
0: He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look mouth. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: It's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain will be for a great cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns Saturday, April 23rd at Angel Hall, the comedy event with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force. It'll feature comedians and entertainers like Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan, KADN News Anchor Jeff Horchak, and our very own Guy, Raymond Parcher III, will serve as co mcs for the event. The tickets will cost $30 and can be purchased at Eventbrite.com. The untanned and untalented Jim Gazzolo back after for Jordy the Blonde. I'm not even blonde
1: either. I will say this about McNeese State. Having covered them on Janu- on August twenty eighth, 2020, the day after Hurricane Laura hit, I said this is the worst college Division one program in the country with all they had to go through. With all the disaster, with all the changes, with the academic probation in football, it was the worst program, period. And now they're coming around, they're getting people to get excited about it. Um, they've done a pretty good job turning it around in inside of two years. So I, I think Schwer gets a lot of credit for that, but also the people of Lake Charles have to understand that it's going to be a long process. It's not... Uh, they're not winning championships tomorrow. So, this is something that they have to learn and get into and understand that there's a lot of cleanup still to do, just like there is in the rest of the town. There's a lot of cleanup to do in that program as well and in each individual team. So, got to get kids to buy in. And you're asking a kid from a town where he could go to any other school in the Southland, usually, and they have all their facilities up and running and the town is in good shape. You're asking them to spend four years in a town that's got debris still around and that. its You're asking an awful lot. You're fighting a tough battle, James. Fighting a pretty tough battle. So, have you been to Lake Charles at all? I think I've been once or twice. <laughs> Maybe.
2: So, not, not
1: recently, I take it. No, no. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that it's, you clean up the streets, but... It's pretty hard to clean up everything else around it. And these kids are now, you know, the dorms aren't fully fixed. Uh, there's just a lot of things going on that makes you wonder why a kid would go there. But they're starting to get these commits because the arena is now back up and running. And they'll have football in the fall at night. So some of the things are coming together. But it, uh, it it's a slow, slow process to say the least. I know based on my own house what the process is. And uh, Schwoer and his crew are trying everything they can to make McNeese a stopping place for people. So you got to give them credit for that. When we come back, it'll be hour number two for Jordy on a Wednesday afternoon, right after this.
0: and local. This is the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game Mobile app and online at 1037TheGame.com. It is a Touchdown! This is the Jordy Holberg Show. Hey, baby! We're gonna be- Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like that kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg.
1: Good afternoon on a Wednesday afternoon. It's Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy. One final day for me. And as we go into the second hour, let's talk NFL. All right. Debo Sw- Samuel wants out of the 49ers. The Saints Need a wide receiver. Is this the perfect match? Can you make a trade for Samuel? Is he the guy you would want? What would it cost you? What would you give up? Saints fans, let me hear you. 337-706-0111. Give us a call here at the game. I'm going to say I'd give up quite a bit for him. James, what would you give up?
2: I mean, I would definitely give up first rounder. So you want this guy. I would love him. I would love to have Debo Samuel on my team. The only thing is, I think because the Saints are an NFC team as well. He's not coming here. He's not going to come. Well, you
1: have to cut him a deal that they
2: want. You have to cut him the best deal. That's what i You would have to pay extra. You're
1: going to have to pay a little extra to get him, yeah. Especially the Saints because they could be considered a playoff contender.
2: Yeah, you don't want to trade him to another playoff contender and potentially see him in the playoffs.
1: He could like, go to the Bears and no one would care.
2: Yeah, just he's just, ruined, come on, his, just come on, ruined his career. Come on. Hey, wow. Uh, come on. Just, we're, that would, not, that we're not, would be not a, that bad. No. Well, yeah, we are actually. actually I have no are. idea what your offensive your new offensive head coach is.
1: Well, he can't be as bad as the last guy. Probably not. No, but he, he makes he wants to leave. He would have to be the best wide receiver on the block
2: because you can do so many things with him. Oh, of course. Um he's still young. Still young. The fact that he he's very versatile, being a no, I, back I love and the fact receiver. that he can play running
1: back and get him the ball several different ways. He can make a lot of things happen. He's like
2: he, he's like Ty Montgomery, but a lot better.
1: He's a good Ty Montgomery. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Okay. Ty Montgomery's not bad, but Oh, come, I mean, come on. But like Debo Samuel's like no, he he's top of the league. He would he would be. He would be the great get. He would be a great get for you. He was. He was my MVP for my fantasy team. Was he really? Yeah, I picked him, and everybody was. Who's this guy? Huh? Were they? Who is this guy? Debo? Oh yeah. They, well, they were. They were like, well, no, it's Brandon IU. Why'd you pick the other one? Why'd you ah. pick Debo? And I was like, because I because he's more versatile. He's better. He's better, and then he, then he does all this, and they're like. Everybody's trying to trade for him. No, no, no. That is want. a great trade for you. I, I don't think they can get, I don't think the Saints can get him. No, but I he would be it, a guy I'd go after. You know what I'm going to say? I hate to say it right now because it may not happen. Because usually when I put stuff on air, sometimes it doesn't happen. But Debo the Jets. Would he be happy with that? Now he's got no power in this. But would he be happy with that? He's only ass. He hasn't like. What do you? What do you? The Jets. Because I, I say the Jets because the Jets don't have that running back. They have Michael they Carter, who they got in the definitely, fourth round. Definitely so, use a star power guy. Yeah, and they don't have that dominant number one receiver either. They're
1: in New York, and they have no
2: star power people. But not to mention, he, his, head, his head coach would be Robert Sala, who is the defensive coordinator. Obviously, he didn't play defense, but they would have that familiarity. Like, they would have, hey, I, do, they, they, I do remember you when... When you were here two years I ago. I watched film. Yeah. I watched film and you were pretty good. I, I think if I was solid, I'd be like, I, I know how this guy works. I've well, it would I, make, it would I, make sense. I've met him firsthand. The Jets would be. Because you need a receiver. You can give up 10. Yeah. I. I the you, can Jets... get, you can give up
1: 10 and go get Debo. The Jets make sense. A lot of teams make sense for him. The Giants have two picks. They could give up one. But I'm trying. I'm trying to think of AFC teams because I don't think. You don't any, think you'd, you'd give them the Giants for a first round pick? What are the Giants going to do to you? <laughs> I mean, they still don't have him to throw him the ball. They the would Giants, have to run him. The he Giants to
2: the Giants to me need more line help than they do need. They need everything. They do, but it's more. They need more of an O line than they need a quarterback. And you know they need a quarterback. Well, yeah, of course. Nothing but, matters unless they get a quarterback. And the guy they got, but is they want to. But they want to build. Jones is not it. They said they want to build around him. I don't know how true that is, but
1: I think you say a lot of things when you don't have any options.
2: Yeah, but the fact that you picked him at six and you still like him.
1: I like my car, but if somebody would give me a new one that was better, I would take it. But I say I like my car. But they would have to <laughs> give it to you. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I don't have any trade value. That's <laughs> so what my I'm car.
3: saying. No, I, I don't.
0: I don't... I th-
2: it's going to be an AFC team, and I think it won't be the Bills. Bills don't need it. Raiders? Raiders would be interesting.
1: You get to stay on the West Coast. I don't know if they would... When they were in Oakland, they wouldn't have dealt with them. I don't know if they would now in Vegas. But they have they
2: have some uh, picks. But they have Devontae now. Do you really...
1: Nah, Do you abs-
2: Do you really want to go that far?
1: No, you're you're pretty deep into wide receivers. Then and you're-
2: you already you already have a couple receivers. Nah, and, maybe not. And you would have to offer future picks because they don't have a first rounder. So, well, Denver just committed to Wilson. Maybe they'll go something.
1: I just, I think it's interesting that they just made him a star this year.
2: Yeah, what's he unhappy about there? he won't disclose the information that's what's weird
3: yeah
1: well, what are you unhappy about have you met with them have you talked to them cuz then i start to wonder if i'm going out to get him what is unhappy about and am i is he going to be just as unhappy
2: in my place cuz it can't be that you're you're a playoff team yeah you can't be mad that you, it, it obviously isn't the fact that you're on a bad team because the 49ers no almost were one game away from the super bowl
1: yeah and he you know, I mean, I, I, you're not the Rams, but the Rams are going to last forever, and you're right there with them. Do, are you unsure about the quarterback?
2: I, I mean, I, I don't. That that's the thing I don't get is what's he upset it, it, about? Because maybe they, because they just haven't gotten rid of Jimmy yet. Trey Lance thinks he'll be the number one. This coming up here, maybe he
1: doesn't want Trey Lance. I don't know. I, I that's just there's a lot of there's a lot of lesser teams you can go to. There definitely is,
2: but <laughs> you're not. I'm, I'm there's at, only a few you can upgrade to. I'm looking at the AFC teams, and Bills don't need them.
1: No, nor did, nor would you. I mean, you're gonna really play in Buffalo in, in December and November instead of San Francisco,
2: when I mean, both teams are, are playoff teams and are right there. Miami's not gonna trade for them. Not now. They already got waddled, and they just yeah. got Tyreek Hill. New England could use them. Yeah. New But New England's always in – they're always, like, in the talks for yeah, they, a big-time yeah. receiver anytime one of them is, like – They find their name in there. They always find I their name. I just think
1: that I, – I don't – I got to know what he wants. Jets. Steelers? Does he want to play in a certain place? I is there, there some place he wants to not play? Does he want to go to Detroit? I mean, he doesn't want to go to Detroit. Does anybody want to go play in Detroit? No. So yeah, Cincinnati—they don't
2: need him. I can't. Cleveland—they just trade for Murray Cooper and and still have the poten- yeah. potential of getting Jarvis Landry back. The thing is, but the the Browns don't have any draft capital at the moment. No. Or well, but they would have no actually because they got rid of three. They got Baker. Runners. They would have to trade Baker. So now you gotta, so now you going to do a three-way trade. Baker to Carolina. Carolina trade their first rounder. Trade six. Maybe. And Maybe. then they get a bunch in return. And...
0: Look at you
1: trying to cut the deal with the Boston Celtics jersey on and everything. <laughs> trying to GM another league now. No, that makes some sense. I just don't. I'm frightened to get him without knowing what the issue is. That's all. I, I want to know what makes you unhappy in a situation where you were in the NFC title game and you were a couple of plays away from going to the Super Bowl.
2: Well, there must be something with the 49ers. That's Yeah, that's what
1: what what makes you unhappy about this situation? Is it the front office? Is it pay? Is it I, I don't know. If it's pay, well, you're kind of locked into your contract. So I, I would have to then to make you happy, I would have to come up with more money. So now that that's a secondary
2: part of the issue. Something that could be interesting is what if he went to Kansas City? Oh, but I don't know if they would. I don't know if you would trade. I mean, they had, they had lost to the to the Chiefs a couple years ago. I don't know if they want to do that. If they think they have a chance to still make the Super Bowl, I don't think Super you're, goals, don't do think you you're to too it,
1: worried about who you're playing in the Super Bowl. I think then it would be what you got for him. Then it would be what you got for him, and then here's here is the market value of him. Any AFC contenders want to jime in so the Chiefs don't get him. You got to establish the market first. <laughs> See who jumps in. Char- I, Chargers?
2: That'd be interesting. You got Keenan Allen on one side, Mike Williams on the other, and then you got Debo with Austin Eckler. That's not bad. That'd, yeah. that'd be good.
1: I Still, I don't know what he wants. I got to know what he wants. I, I'm frightened of these people. I'm frightened of these people that are are saying. I'd say Colts, but Colts, I just can't see him in a Colts uniform. Is his future now stranger than Kyle Murray's? What is Kyle Murray going to do?
2: He's not at camp. He's not doing workouts with him. Well, that's a lot of the receivers because A.J. Brown's doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know.
1: You know who is working out or trying to work out? Colin Kaepernick. He's yeah. on a city tour to get a job.
2: He's on a city tour.
1: He he is gonna work out in cities in hopes of finding a job. Like apparently just work out in the streets and find a playground, work out, and hopefully
2: somebody shows up and watches him, I guess. Yeah, hopefully a scout goes goes find. Doesn't
1: haven't you made all those calls already? Is there a new call gonna be made
2: Oh, yeah, we forgot about this guy. Oh, my goodness. How, well, how do we let him go? How's he not on our board? How did we forget about Colin Kaepernick? At, we could have had Kaepernick. No. At 34 years old. So that's, I don't know Who what hasn't he's trying played to... in seven years.
1: Now I'm suddenly going to remember, hey, he was pretty good.
2: That one year.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that one year. He must when... have had a heck
2: of a workout at Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> that one year. Where nobody knew how to nobody stop a read stop, option yet. Yes. Oh, man. He was,
1: he was you know. fantastic until that one throw he had to make to win the Super Bowl. He's never been the same since. But we're going to take him. We're going to take a chance. He's because so, he's. Just, but he, like, he we like the baggage.
2: He, 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 he deserves another chance because he was just so good. We like the baggage he comes with him.
1: That's that's a front office job. That's that's we like the, type the package of, we want. He comes that's the with.
2: type of media attention we want.
1: We want that type of media attention because we want the circus in our town. That's what we want.
2: I mean what would pair really well is well no it wouldn't, but it'd be interesting is if Colin went to the commanders with Oof. everything that's going on with Snyder. Oh. But then you got but then you got Kaepernick on your roster. Yeah, that's that's as bad as it gets. That's a bad stew. That's that's,
1: that's too much media attention. Let's, let's let's introduce our new team and have the name tarnished before we even play a game. Not on one level, but on two levels. No, that's hey, it is D.C. Anything can happen in D.C. It's the capital. Wouldn't be the you know the sad thing is it's not even the biggest mess in Washington D.C. That's the sad part about it. Colin Kaepernick on the comeback tour. I don't. What would what his workout even be? I mean, how how, fa- how fast do you got to be to impress
2: scouts? <laughs> does he still even have the legs at this point? Does part? he? I don't, I don't know. know.
1: Jim Gazzolo, 103 7, 104 won the game, Lafayette, Lake Charles, in for Jordy. We'll be back on hour number two after this.
0: time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 20th, 1988, the Baltimore Orioles set a new Major League Baseball record by starting the season 0-14. The Orioles would extend their own historic start by beginning the season 0-21. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few of the artists. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP pass from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Jim Gazzolo back in for Jordy on this Wednesday afternoon. At the bottom of the hour, Wilson Alexander of The Advocate will talk LSU baseball and football with us. I want to thank Keith Shore for joining us in the first hour. And I want to thank James Mash for finding out that part of the reason Mr. Samuel wants to leave town is because he does not want to be the novelty act and do both running back and wide receiver.
2: So the Saints will take him as a wide receiver. Now, now it's a potential reason. It's not set in A stone, potential. But it, it would make a lot of sense. I don't know if it – that's
1: that, your moneymaker, though. That the, the novelty is what makes you the guy.
2: I, to me, that is, but uh, maybe not. I mean, it makes him unique. It also makes him vulnerable to getting hit a lot more. I was going to say, but it's like if I'm going to r- line up out wide and do wide receiver things, but then you're also going to line me up at tailback and have me run inside zone, I don't know if I want to do both. I'd rather do one or the other. That's interesting. And I'd rather line up wide and do jet sweeps. Well, I would imagine that. If you want to ha- hand me the ball off, I'll do jet sweeps. But I don't want to do inside zone and run power zero. Well, you got to give him
1: the ball a certain amount of times.
2: Yeah. Which they gave him the ball a lot.
1: They gave him a lot. And when you're trying to – when you look at contracts and trying to maximize your financial potential in the NFL, you have to stick around a few years. I get that. I, that makes sense. So the Saints are back in play then, you're saying. <laughs>
2: you're okay with them just being a wide receiver and doing those
1: things for you, aren't you?
2: Yeah, because what you could do is – you have – what you do is uh, – look, I love Deontay Hardy, but put it and, – and he's definitely grown as a wide receiver, but have Debo be the offensive guy, and then you have Deontay that can go out there sometimes, but have him focus a little more on being that return man that he was a pro bowler and a all-pro for. Are you worried – as a Saintite fan, Saintite, are you
1: worried, concerned, any level at all about the creativity of the offense without Sean Payton, or do you think it'll just be passed down?
2: I'm not worried about it. Sometimes, sometimes you don't have to be creative for you to be a good offense. No, you really don't. Being no. creative is fun. Yeah, it it, it, definitely, it definitely differentiates you from everyone else. But look, like I've never
1: had a creative offense that I've rooted for. So
2: <laughs> I've never had an offense. Usually, I've when for. you hear, "Oh, he's creative," but is it good?
1: <laughs> now you're right. It, it has to be functional first. It has to move the chains,
2: and then you it's, add the creativity. We, we need we need to see points before we start getting cute.
1: <laughs> we need to see points. I I never thought of it that way. He makes sense for the Saints. I don't think the Saints come up but with, with
2: that in mind, I don't know where they go with the draft. Not not to mention you you're still paying Mike Thomas. Yes. A a boatload. So where do you go with your draft? So
1: where are you you're a Saints GM, where are you going with the
2: draft? I go tackle, so you have a battle between whoever you get at tackle and Do you have to fix James your Hurst. offensive line first? Everything starts in the trenches. Okay. That's that's what it comes down to. Where does the ball start? At the line of scrimmage. Who's on the line of scrimmage? But it's it's offensive never, line, defense The problem line.
1: with that is that's never the sexy pick for the fans. I, I get it,
2: it's a good pick. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't care what the other fans think. You can get the wide receiver two picks later. Yeah. There's a there's plenty of depth in that draft. Is there a lot of depth that tackle an offensive line? No.
1: Yeah. You, always, you want to get your best. You want to get your best guy. If you can get your guy, you don't want to mess Not up. Not
2: to mention you're at 16 and 19. Yeah. Look at look at the Giants. They're at 5 and 7. Yeah. Do they want to move out of one of those picks? Yeah. Let's say they don't, though. What you can do is you look at what the needs of the Panthers at 6. you got to look at the other teams. Yeah. What do you need? Do you all have the same thing? Well, since you're ahead of that pick, get the position that you need that the other team needs. So I would say the Chargers need offensive line and corner. If I'm the Eagles and the Saints, I would say Eagles go get corner first, Saints go get offensive line first. That forces the Chargers to have to settle on a guy, then the Eagles come back get whoever else, whether you want to go get another wide receiver or you want to go get a lineman yourself, and then the Saints come back and then go get what's left of wide so receiver. So you wouldn't move up if you're the Saints. There's no there's no point No need to? No, because I you could kill two birds with one stone in that first round. So you think you're gonna be able to get two qual
1: well, you, you should be able to get two quality need position guys in those two spots. Somebody's always gonna fall. Yeah. There's always gonna be somebody quality that's gonna fall. And somebody's gonna make a mistake on a quarterback. Yeah, someone's always- gonna somebody. Well, I don't even I couldn't even tell you who the first quarterback off the board's gonna be. L- at
2: least at least one team is gonna take a chance on one of those quarterbacks. In which one? And that's a huge, huge leap of
1: faith from this group. I don't, I don't see a, I don't see a great quarterback in this draft.
2: I don't either. Which and leads
1: me to think I can get the same guy
2: in the second round almost. I see, I see Kenny Pickett being the backup for the Cowboys within five years. And that's the, <laughs> that's the ceiling, that's the ceiling of this group. He's gonna. Uh, most of these are gonna either backup the borders. Most of these are going to be either journeymen, backup, or they're going to be out within three years. Or waking up in the XFL. Or the USFL. There it is. Either one you want. Or whoever's next. Whatever league's next.
1: Whatever league is next. No, that's. And when you don't have those quarterbacks, somebody's going to reach for one that messes up the whole draft. You're right. That's where people start to fall. Somebody's going to say, Kenny Pickett can be my guy. Somebody's gonna say it. Who? Who's the number? Who's the first group of guys that needs a quarterback?
2: Panthers. Okay. Falcons. Okay. That's
1: your division.
2: Yeah. So those two, those two would
1: be a reach for those guys anyway. Somebody's gonna get somebody in the NFL is gonna get Baker Mayfield. Please tell me somebody's gonna get Baker Mayfield somewhere.
2: And if that's the case, the Lions need a quarterback. Do they? They well, they don't necessarily need it right now, but I could see them taking one.
0: Would
1: you when you have is he gonna beat out Jared Goff? I mean you're you're talking about Jared Goff he, was a number one pick.
2: If he does, it's pretty bad.
1: Exactly. So to me I would just say, look, I've got my guy that's my bridge guy in Goff anyway. I've got to build around. I got to get as much talent in here before I get a
2: quarterback. See, but what you could do is, so let's say let's say the Lions do like somebody. Let's say it's oh. let's say it's Desmond Ritter. Oh. you you have him sit for those two years as you're waiting for Golf's contract to hit the tail end. You once once we're in that final year, find somebody that could take him, or but, you hold or you hold on to him, have a legit QB battle. And then have it be between the two of them, and then whoever wins, cool. Aren't you going to get? A, aren't there better quarterbacks next year? I probably will.
1: So why not? Why not do it the other way? And just get, say, get somebody. Get somebody next year. Yeah, it's not like I don't think I'm going to be. I'm not going to be a five win team next year if I'm the Lions, no matter who I take. Am I?
2: Do you have the Lions winning six games next year? I'd have to look at their schedule, but it's probably pretty weak. Considering they did, they did go. There's a reason why it's weak. Yeah, <laughs> because they're a terrible
1: team. Yeah. So if if that's your case, you're going to be picking in the top ten again. I think there's three or four quarterbacks next year that are better than Kenny Pickett. Probably. So then I would wait.
2: I, I would wait the year. I would too. I if I was if I were any of these teams, I wouldn't get any of these quarterbacks until no. At At Soonest, mid to late second round. Yeah, no, I at wouldn't. I wouldn't
1: either. I, I I just I just don't see a reason. If you're not going to get a starter, I don't see the reason to
2: do it. I can understand Malik, since he apparently since he's got like good potential, so you could manifest that. But again, I, you're built. You're not. That's a franchise guy is not somebody that's three years down the road. Not if I have uh, if I, I mean, have, Roger I, sat the first three years,
1: yes, he did, and and that worked out well for them, and look, I'm four guys sitting. I would have loved to see him get more guys sit a year. I thought the Mahomes thing was the perfect way to do it for Kansas City.
2: exactly. you give him game action and, with the yes. final week of the season, and then next year he he understands what he he needs to do. He's not Kansas City did the perfect thing with Mahomes. The Bears did exactly
1: the worst thing. With Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> put him out game one. But well, he no, he didn't start game one. He started like third game. Oh, but that, to me, that those are the those are the exact wrong way to do it. The exact right way to do it. And if I could do that, I would love to do it. If I thought my guy was there, but I don't. I don't think anybody thinks my guy is right here. This is what I need to get. So hold on, wait a year. Tanking's fun. You get the revenue sharing anyway.
2: The Lions have been doing that for years. Lions, tanking a tradition since filling the year, like 1953. 1953.
1: It got us Barry Sanders and we blew it.
2: Also got you Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford and we really blew it. I think they only went to the, they went to the playoffs twice, but they didn't win either of the games. No.
1: They, did they lose both times to Green Bay? Both times in the division. I know the one time they lost to Green Bay. I wonder if they lost.
2: No, nah, they couldn't have lost twice in the division. They lost to the Saints in 2011 and lost to the Cowboys in 2016.
1: Oh. Well, I must be years, light years away from that when they lost in the division. That was Brett Favre. It wasn't Aaron Rogers. Yes. <laughs> Again, my age catching up with me. We'll get back to the Jack Black, Jack, uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson debate. Jim Gazzola in for Jordy Wilson Alexander to be with us after the break. We'll talk LSU after this.
0: The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best.
2: This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it.
0: Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: You can experience Festival International like never before by winning the game's Festival International Prize Pack. Sign up for the awards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and you will get the chance to score a couple of bon passes. You will get exclusive access to front row and stage seating. You'll have shaded seating and air conditioned restrooms, the express drink lines, shirts, pins, and a poster. Experience Festival like never before by winning the, game International, the Festival International Prize Pack From the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jim Gazzolo back for Jordy on Wednesday afternoon, last half hour of the
1: show. And right up now is Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. We're going to talk LSU baseball, LSU football. Wilson, how are you doing today?
5: I'm good. How are you this afternoon?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, First question up, I guess, is uh, where is this baseball team? Tough weekend against Arkansas. Came back and won a big game last night against ULL which is a big game considering um, where the rankings are and where they're trying to get. Where are they?
5: They're kind of um, in the same spot they've been in uh, really since the SEC schedule started and kind of for most of the year, which is um, somewhere maybe on a bit of a roller coaster. Um, Who knows if we're, you know, it's like they'll have these great weekends and these great games and then they're just struggling to find that consistency, Um, you know, Last night though was a was a good night, uh, maybe for them to build off, Um, you know, kind of winning that game in a fairly convincing, uh, you know, fashion, at least in terms of you know as as you maybe can get in a baseball game. And um, but we'll see kind of how far that takes them moving forward because coming off of a sweep, it's still hard to erase that taste out of your mouth.
1: Is there any one thing? I mean, we talked a lot about over the year about the the fielding is really an issue, and that is there anything that they can do at this point in time? Uh, to kind of fix that and to kind of go on a roll here? Is is their pitching good enough to go on a roll?
5: Their depth in the bullpen might be good enough. That's really been a a pretty um, positive thing for LSU this season. Uh, They've got a lot of options in the bullpen, and they've been pretty effective um, from Eric Raiselman to – you know Devin Fontenot and uh, Paul Gervais has been some what of a revelation at times. I mean they've got some options there in the bullpen, and, um, and they have to because their starting pitching is not at an elite level. Um, they've got to be able to get a lot of eat up a lot of innings with a lot of different guys, um, and so it's good enough maybe if the offense can. You know it's not going to maybe go win them a championship, but it might be good enough as long as the defense can get um, consistent um, and, and just sort of start start making the regular routine plays. And make, maybe make a couple extra ones here and there. They don't have to be super elite defensively, but stop. You know, get it to a place where they can stop uh, losing games because of their defense.
1: Missouri comes to town five and 10, 22 and twelve. Uh, this is a team that they can they can get hot on and have a good weekend. How important is it for them to really est- not only win the games but really establish the quality of play moving forward?
5: Yeah, it it is important. I mean, you know, it used to be in the past uh, under Palmineri, you know, he used to always say, you know, LSU will get hot around tax day. I mean, obviously, you know, Jay doesn't approach it the exact same way as that, but there's something to be said for sort of this time of year. um, Beginning to heat up a little bit because they're heading into that second half of the SEC schedule. Um, They've got some, you know, more difficult series coming up, and they're facing a team that's kind of at the bottom of the – Uh, SEC East or you know near the bottom of the SEC East and so to at least win this series um, ideally sweep this series kind of get back on track after getting swept by Arkansas take a couple games back you know they've got Georgia Alabama Ole Miss and Vanderbilt in the year and those are some winnable games Ole Miss and Vanderbilt haven't been uh, that great this year Um, and so it's important to get on the right track this weekend.
1: For them it is there a is there a formula that gets them a home, uh, home for the regional? Is there a possibility?
5: Yeah, certainly for, still possible at this point. There's a good bit of baseball left to be played. Um, they've got to get better defensively. I mean, they're going to keep rolling out the same guys. Jay has said that, that um, and it's just a matter of Jordan Thompson and Kay Doty and Jacob Berry all you know making just making those plays, continuing to practice and, and just get better. Um, if, if they can do that and start to get on a bit of a run, then, then it's still possible. Um, Cause you know, they, you know, they've got 12 losses right now and it's not ideal at this point in the schedule, but um, if they were to get hot and go, you know, start winning these next se- the rest of these series, uh, they would be in good shape to host.
1: Cause they have, they have an offense that can do damage in a, in a tournament, don't they?
5: Exactly. Oh, oh very much so. I mean, that's why like, I keep looking at this team and thinking, okay, when are they going to kind of, you know, completely put it together? Which, of course, you know, it can be tough to do that. And you're wondering new coach, but you keep kind of wondering, okay, when is this all going to kind of happen? Because if they can get hot, like this offense can take them a pretty long way. They they've got so many good hitters in this lineup, and they can all start to kind of click and things come together. It's it's the rest of the stuff is there. It's a matter of actually like it's, it's like it's like you have all your ingredients laid out on the counter. You actually got to all put it in the bowl and mix it together.
1: Yeah, it's not a team that has to make great plays on defense. It just has to make the routine plays, keep themselves in games, and let their bats win it.
5: Exactly. Um, they've made just far too many errors um, uh, at this point of the year. There's been multiple games where you look at, okay, I mean, it happened against Arkansas um, where you just looked at the defense and, and you know, that You can point to exactly why they lost, and it was the defense. Uh, they've made 51 errors this year, and, and you just can't win doing that kind of stuff. And, and they understand it, um, but it's just a matter of, you know, they just have to get better uh, at it just, and just make those routine plays.
1: Uh, let's turn a little bit to football. Uh, last weekend had the, had the spring game. Um, they don't seem settled on quarterback. Were, were you thinking they were hoping to have a quarterback decided by now?
5: No, not necessarily. You know, they were willing to be patient throughout the spring with a lot of different positions, um, particularly a quarterback, and kind of let the play um, of each of those guys sort of, you know, let the cream rise to the top. And, um, you know, offensive coordinator Mike Dimbrock said uh, last week um, that this competition was stretching to the fall. You know, that's kind of what they're anticipating. And so, um, well, I think they maybe would like to have Somewhat of a not clear idea kind of heading into the preseason um you know who has an edge. Um they've still got a few practices in the spring game this weekend to figure it out and and but it could end up playing out, you know, in well deep into August.
1: What do you think you they'll want to see this weekend?
5: You mean from the quarterbacks? Yeah. Um really I probably just you know, we'll have a better idea asking Brian Kelly uh about that uh tomorrow night. Um but you know, you want to see your quarterbacks, you want to take command of the offense, uh, command of the huddle, um, feel, you know, accuracy, no, don't, you know, not, don't throw a bunch of, you know, make it have a bunch of turnovers, throw some interceptions. You want to avoid that, um, but just show growth and the and uh, sort of a presence out there, you know, the ability to um, take control of the offense. Um, it's going to be kind of a weird spring game with it just being offense versus defense and mm-hmm. not two separate teams, you know, with uh, their own offenses and own defenses because the depth is so thin right now. Um, but just ability to go out there and, and make make the plays that, you know, make the easy plays and then make some maybe more difficult and pressing ones on top of that. But they don't need to light the world on fire in the spring game necessarily. Well,
1: what's, what's kind of the take on the Kelly camp so far? Has um, there been a big difference from last year, have you seen, or uh, do the players seem to like it?
5: Yes, they, they do seem to be responding well uh, to what he's doing so far, um, and it certainly seems a lot different um, than what it, how it worked under Ed Orgeron. There's a lot more um, just sort of discipline and accountability have been kind of those buzzwords throughout the spring mm-hmm. that you hear uh, just around the building and really just around LSU is that there's a more of a designed plan um, and structure throughout the program that, that didn't necessarily exist to this extent. Uh, beforehand. Um, Kelly, you know, he's known to being a CEO style coach. He wants to kind of put that structure down, lay out that vision and let his assistants do their, do their thing. Um, And so we'll see if the results end up coming. Um, But they have certainly um, sort of built a a foundation and a structure within the program and started rebuilding that culture that has uh, really disappeared over the last two years. Talking
1: to Wilson Alexander, the advocate, uh, I guess what do you make of the Brian Kelly continuing to kind of compare LSU to Notre Dame? Um and say, you know, even even talking about the uh the lunch uh facilities. <laughs> is is there anything to that or is he just looking to dig or are people actually asking him these questions?
5: Oh I mean people are certainly asking he sort of made his uh national uh, tour of sorts uh, and, you know, giving interviews to those big outlets. And um, the common theme is, you know, he's sort of trying to tell his side of things now um, and, and maybe why he made this move. Um, Brian, you have to remember is, has a little bit of a political background. Um, he can be very, you know, I think he knows exactly what he wants to say and when he wants to say it. Um, he, most of the time he'd be very calculated in that. Um, so there's certainly some sort of, um, uh, intention behind all of this, uh, part of maybe partly to hype up LSU. Um, I don't know if it's so much to dig at Notre Dame as it is to really show, try to show like how great he has things now and, and you know, why he made this decision, um, because it just didn't, you know, nobody had ever sitting head coach like this had never left Notre Dame. Um, so it's been interesting to kind of, you know, hear him, you know, tell his part of it. Um, he certainly likes what LSU has in terms of facilities, um obviously back at his originally opening press conference, he kept saying the word alignment uh, over and over and over again, um, sort of harping on that. Um, so it's been interesting to, to hear him uh, kind of share what he, he thinks about it all. Um, he definitely uh, is a fan of that nutrition center. He's talked about it a lot.
1: Yeah, no, he, he really is. It's uh, it's just interesting because I know as, as the national media talks to him, the questions are more about the no, why would you leave Notre Dame and that. Um, but it it does seem like he enjoys the forum of getting his point across. What you did, what did, what was your take on the Ed Ogeron tour of Notre Dame then?
5: Yeah, that was just so funny to look up and see that. So the you know because there's so many strange little uh, connections there now because Ed tried to hire Marcus Freeman, yeah, and then Marcus Freeman instead went to Notre Dame, and obviously now. Kelly Lee, so Freeman, who might have been LSU's defensive coordinator, it was just so like this strange parallel universe, like, like um, you know, people like swapping roles. It's like, okay, why is Brian Kelly at LSU and Edna is running at Notre Dame? That doesn't seem like it should be right in terms of uh, who, where they come from. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously, hey, that's college football. You know, I mean, so coaches. You know, will do a lot of that kind of thing, um, especially when they aren't working. You know, going and touring yeah. and a ton of places, and so it wasn't a shock to see him show up somewhere, but it was just uh, kind of mind-bending uh, to see him at Notre Dame of all places as one of his first sort of public stops.
1: Now, it's, it's it's kind of funny because the Brian Kelly thing and the talking of, and then you have now all of a sudden Ed O'German shows up and is talking about the great majesticness of Notre Dame. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and he was, there was a picture, a great picture of him in front of like a rubber leprechaun. Yeah, doing, uh, interviews. Um, it was just like this, like Freaky Friday out here. I don't know what is. Did they swap bodies? <laughs> what was happening?
1: <laughs> well, it beats it beats the photo of him at the restaurant with no shirt on. I guess.
5: Yeah, probably a little bit so. He, um, this one was a little bit more uh, composed.
1: All right, Wilson Alexander, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate the insight on LSU
5: <laughs> and Ed O'Donnell. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. You'll have a great rest of
1: your day. <laughs> right, thanks. Wilson Alexander, the, the advocate, telling us a little LSU baseball, a little LSU football, a little uh, leprechaun talk from Notre Dame, and Ed Ogeron. Still a strange sight to see Ed Ogeron there and Brian Kelly in Baton Rouge. Just strange sights all over the place. When we come back, we'll finish up on. Uh, Day two, Wednesday for me. My last day here for Jordy.
0: After this... Jordy Holtberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? We just
3: washed the hair. You
0: know, I work on my hair a long time, and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holtberg and the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood and Patio in Abbeville. Richard's Seafood Patio has some of the best bowl crawfish, but it also serves some bowl shrimp, bowl crabs, fried and grilled seafood. They also have burgers, steaks, po'boys, and just a seafood platter buffet altogether. So sign up for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio a little back final moments with James Mash. James you gonna watch the
1: any games tonight you gonna to watch the Bulls
2: I'll watch the Celtics
1: they're gonna watch the Bulls what do you want to see out of your Celtics I want to see a win besides that though uh, do you want to embarrass oh I'd love Kyrie that. Irving oh uh, if we if the do you, want, could, do you want the
2: crowd to go crazy and embarrass Kyrie Irving if the Celtics could win by like 25 that'd be 25 just absolutely murder them just take the one point win and move on, will you?
1: <laughs> you don't want to embarrass Kyrie Irving? I do. Wouldn't you rather have a dagger and have a game-winning shot at the buzzer? Uh, another one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: isn't that a bigger dagger for for him? Make him sulk off in embarrassment? I, I just want to see him go for two for seventeen from the from the floor. Two for seventeen. <laughs> that's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear.
1: I don't want to hear this. Oh, we want to win. We just want a big win. No, I want to hear the pain. Do you want to see Ben Simmons play in this series? I think it'd be funny. I
2: that would I, that's gonna be a strange sight. It's gonna be weird seeing him on the floor on the on the floor altogether. That's just gonna be a strange sight. I, I don't.
1: I don't even know what to expect if we saw him. When was the last time we saw him? Where he did it? Last time we saw him, he was. Missing free throws and kind of running away from the ball, wasn't he?
2: And passing up wide open layups. Yeah, it's, pa- yeah it's not even <laughs> running
1: away from the all. ball.
2: He didn't even want to be there. What makes you think he's going to take a big shot at a big moment? Nothing. No, because it's either going to be KD or Kyrie, and they're just going to take turns. Is
1: he the biggest disappointment in the
2: NBA right now?
1: Right now? He's a one-and-one. One. He's the number one pick overall
2: can't really think about anybody I mean, you that... would say
1: maybe Zion, be, but that's injuries more than anything.
2: Yeah. Uh, this is a guy that... This is just him mentally not being able to do something. Yeah, this isn't... Yeah. And then saying, oh, I have a, I have a back problem. Ba- back problem. Oh.
1: I have, a, I have a back
2: problem. All of a sudden, what are you doing? <laughs> How did you injure
1: your back? I, I mean, I just... I don't... I don't know if there's anybody that's been a bigger letdown. I mean... He gets picked on by. Everybody. He seems to get picked on by everybody. Everybody, teammates, media, mm-hmm. fans, Fans. haters, obviously. haters, LSU people who normally don't pick on their own. They pick on him. I definitely pick on him. I mean, you guys don't pick on your own. You, you never say anything bad about LSU guys, and this guy gets torched. Oh, uh, he's. Is <laughs> that that's? And then he says he's not soft.
2: He's the epitome of soft. Definitely. I just find it interesting that even if, even even when he's not even doing anything, people still boo him. They 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 boo him for no reason, and then they boo him for reasons.
1: They have reasons to boo the man. He is he is not like the. That's it for me on this weekend, or for what will be my weekend here anyway. Jim Gazzola subbing for Jordy. I want to thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.